So what social issues um, should we actually be focusing on right now? What do you think? I think we should be focusing on more of like um, more for one economical equality, if you can say that, like, or the fact that, you know, a lot of people are, you know, sort of predestined by the place they come from in an economical, like sociological sense, right? Because they understand the world in one way. And then if they don't get the chance to move out, then they will keep understanding it in one way, if that makes sense. So economic equity is definitely one of those things. Yeah, I think so, yeah. And I mean, then again, like, I assume that there are those, you know, like those people who, who these protests are actually aimed at, which is people who are like downright racist and downright like, what's the word for racist but with genders <laughs> um i only know that's, that's a good question we don't we don't really have a word for it no no that's that's not the word um i don't think there is a word uh, there could be one but i don't think it's commonly used anyway to describe gender inequalities yeah um in one word but th- that that's a good point so you know it's, it's quite funny that in the sense we don't even have a word for uh, gender inequalities, um, which could be quite, in one way, interesting. But I do, I do agree in the sense that... Well, if you look at the stem of the word, right, like racist is like race-ist, so... So shall we say genderist? Genderist. <laughs> genderist. Um, yeah, it doesn't quite sound right. Potentially we could... Co- well, we could coin that word, but because you don't, you don't know this word yet, right? because it doesn't uh, true. exist. I think the potential thing about it is that you know it's it's a thing that you know it's definitely a clear problem, and that we can actually solve. In terms of obviously you know socioeconomic things, um, that is, that has been, that is, and that will be, a problem, of the way human society works and you know that we have to make sure that people move around you know that we do support them i think we should also focus on the fact that people are just like sometimes like dicks to each other like especially since i i work in like a a place which is frequented by all sorts of people all the time and you sort of see that people just generally you know like they don't want to like they they don't they're not they're unkind you know, like, like they, they don't focus on the, the human connection so much anymore. You know, they just want to get away from everyone and go home and eat chips and, and be on their phones and stuff. And I mean, that's an issue we should focus on because, you know, like we, I think we're still like human beings, you know, and we shouldn't be treating each other in, in bad ways, you know, and this is, you know, this is, is totally unrelated to to color gender age whatever it's just related to how you're raised and how you act and what values you have and you know like like it's it's some sort of like like reinstating of of values of like religion right because a lot of religion has 
like really good values, but it's presented in, in an old fashioned way. And, you know, like those values are still important in, in life, even if you're not religious, you know, but people just, you know, instead of that, people just like yell at you and, and, you know, argue with you and, and, and push you and, you know, so. Have you been to uh countryside recently? No. Um, well, have you noticed the interesting paradox that happens uh, in the countryside versus cities, you know, or just centers of cities yeah. when it comes to people and uh, their kindness? People tend to value people more when there's less of them. And because they value them more, they tend to be more kind to each other. Yeah. So in this in the light you know of this uh, information do we need to say that the real problem or the root of unkindness isn't actually the values but the fact that we live you know way really dense to close exactly yeah. which you know basically means that we have to interact with way more people than you know people can actually handle because you know if you were to live well, you know, how's in a village? I mean, you know, like people have manners, like, you know, you have to learn to adapt to some certain things. But what if naturally humans can't handle the amount of people? I don't have interaction with those people in well, the cities themselves. They obviously themselves. can because the cities exist and they have existed for, for hundreds and hundreds of years where people live in a dense environment, you know. But people are statistically unhappier in cities versus the suburbs and countryside. Yeah, okay. Well, they still decided to move to the city, so, you know, can do. Well, one of the interesting things that's happening right now, especially for uh, London, is actually de-urbanization. So a lot of people actually move out yeah, of large cities to the countryside, not only because it's cheaper, but the momentum has picked up because, you know, people are stuck at home now, they want larger gardens, they don't actually necessarily have to go to work, which is uh, good for all of real estate, as now we have, we can uh, put the, all the offices into the, you know, apartments and living areas and, uh, you know, other shops and other services. And that obviously creates a sort of better community on a smaller and more local scale, which is good. Um, and the way actually London is organized, um, if you do know your history, um, I don't know whether you're familiar, but London was organized uh, from the boroughs, which were essentially villages next to each other, which then combined to make the, uh, the Greater London. And uh, obviously, you know, they had like their own municipalities and so forth and local communities, um, which we can relate to the suburbs. So unlike a modern city, which was created, you know, from small settlements and then expanded, yeah. London was multiple small settlements uh, located nearby the city of London, which yeah. was the original settlement uh, for the Romans, which is, an, in fact, actually not part of London, 
uh, and is a completely different country to the UK, but is still under the crown, funnily yeah. enough. Um, they have different taxes. So for example, if you were to live in the city of London, you'd pay completely different taxes to uh, other areas of London, as well as yeah. um, if, you're, if you're a corporation. So it would be true that this probably is something that we need to work on a little bit more to make the community, which actually brings us onto something quite rather interesting, a very new phenomenon, which you might have experienced. So, you know, when you become more connected through yeah. Facebook with lots of people, at, you know, at the heart, you feel less, um, less close with those people. You, you know, you feel truly less connected with them, even though you're essentially more connected via social media and so mm. forth. And with Facebook essentially becoming the hub for everything, do you think it's time that we localize, right, social medias? And instead of trying to create greater connectivity between lots of people, because naturally, you know, they wouldn't really even uh i think it should be it, it should be optional if we localize social media then, then there should be an option of going you know like going on local search or going you know for example instagram there should be a separate page for local and a separate page for global because there's just different things that you use it for you know with instagram in particular it's really annoying how they keep changing the algorithm because they think they know better what you want to see you know, when in originally it was just like by order of time, but obviously then some big companies and like uh, content producers will just post all the time and like spam you and stuff. And then that's all you see. And then, mm -hmm. you know, so obviously they have to sort of level stuff out. But but as far as I've experienced, they always do shit things that are just hard to work around as like a business. Like like the Facebook market. Oh, sorry, the Instagram uh, market which is basically Facebook market which they just released which um, I've read a lot of people find as a terrible update to already app that has been crammed with a bunch of features which are relatively useless yeah so do you think the new social media the new paradigm should be made around maps and around you know, sort of like local areas. No, as I've said, like there's a lot of value in, in social media that that it's global. Like, you know, like because, you know, I can follow, you know, hashtag Canada on Instagram and see Canadian posts and stuff and then be happy with <laughs> But then but then in hashtag a different memes. way if a different way it it is important because like for example if you think of Etsy or eBay or whatever then or even like I think you know like Amazon Fresh or you know like that's the same day delivery like groceries on Amazon right so like you mean Amazon Prime no Amazon Fresh what is Amazon Fresh so that's the thing when you can order like food and they deliver it the same day so it's like it's trying to so it's like Okado uh, maybe yeah I guess um but it's like it's a relatively new thing right and it's only 
like I think if you're a prime member and you have to apply and then you they give it to you like a few days later and I've never tried it before because I prefer going in person. <laughs> That's just me obviously. Yeah, but like, seeing your apple <laughs> in your hand. It's very, yeah. it's very satisfying. But what was I gonna say is like for example like like there would be a lot of, of value to to get from locality because like for example like what if you live in a certain district and you want to eat food that was made in that district, right? You don't want to eat food that has traveled for hundreds of kilometers from a different country because that's environmentally unfriendly and it's inconvenient and expensive. You just want to eat stuff that was made there, you know? For example, like what if it's like, you know, bread or stuff? Like you could build a lot of small businesses on, on you know, like, handmade food for example that only sell to the certain area mm-hmm. you know and then that could be built on sort of like social media markets like you could merge something like this with instagram and then you know like sell your sourdough bread just in like the three kilometer or three mile circle of where you live do, do you think local social media is possible because humans especially now tend to move around quite a lot yeah, because it would be as if you're moving out of your neighborhood. So you think the local social media essentially would be, I don't mean as in like moving from one area to another to be living there, you know, but I mean just sort of move around from one part of town to another and then back and forth. So do you think that would be feasible in the sense that of the concept? Or do you think it's no longer feasible with the amount of... Oh, because, like, movement. for example, you travel for work every day and then you go back to... Is that what you mean? Uh, perhaps that could be one of the examples. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that there there must be, yeah, that, like, some problems that this can cause, I think. Or do you think if you equally have global and local social media, that can be... A better implementation and they can solve both problems right so if you are in your local area you would use the local social media yeah. but once you you know move out or if you were to want to check up on you know hashtag canada yeah you go on the global social media do you think that should be one application or do you think that should be uh different applications within one cohesive ecosystem because uh, i presume you surely wouldn't want to you know, I think it should be one application because everything should be just one application. I mean, it's annoying to use different ones. Well, it'd be better, you know, if you could just use everything with your brain waves. It'd be better, you know, just think about it and it's done. You know, post a like without even having to um, open your phone. Right, it depends. Like Maybe in a thousand years' time we'll be able to do that. Uh, but until we can do that, you know, we'll have to sit here and... Uh, press buttons chat, press buttons and, fingers right and chat about uh, you know trying to create cohesive uh, steps one of the reasons why i'm asking is because uh, yesterday i made a decision to um reduce the amount of google services i use as well as delete my facebook account oh okay um i found that you're no longer use it unless it's for birthdays yeah yeah. but that's because you you've been you've been living in in london for quite a few years but i actually use facebook for for 
that's okay. So that's really interesting in terms of locality, right? Because nobody in in London and the UK really uses Facebook anymore, but everyone in my country uses it. So when I go on on Facebook, I see, you know, like the events for for that social group that I was in, and this is really interesting. Like for example, like I I used to do music there as well, and everything that we did was on Facebook. So like when there was an event, then you posted on Facebook and people would say they're going or maybe going. And that's how you knew about everything that's happening there, you know, especially in that certain niche of music. Um, and it was just like this thing that was going on and you knew that all the people from that niche and you saw the events and you were checking that out, like who's going to be there. And, and when I came here and I was like, nobody uses Facebook, then how am I going to market my events? Like, where am I supposed to post that? Because how are, you know, if they don't use it, then what, you know, how does that event even exist if it's not on Facebook? Like, it was so strange. And people just don't use it because they speak on WhatsApp, which is more convenient. And then, and then, um, yeah, I, I don't connect with, with people from, from the UK generally on Facebook and when I do it seems like not a serious connection because it feels like oh yeah I know this person and and the, you know like we're in in my country it would be like um oh should I should I send a friend request I don't know I really want to know them but I'm not sure you know so so it's more of a serious decision yeah but and, I'm, I'm quite keen to find out how you went around um the because nobody well, not as many people use Facebook in terms yeah. of events. So did you find an answer how you can prom you know, promote your events without using Facebook? I, I mean, there because of the fact that there's a lot more people here, I think it's a more of like, a, it's a more layered sort of interconnectedness that exists, right? So like you're looking for a certain audience. So you have to go to the platforms where that audience is. And this can be either online or either in real life, you know, like, for example, it can be at a university. If there's a band that was formed at a university and everyone knows them, then you put posters in the building, you know, because that's the audience. Or it can be, you know, like a certain kind of band. So you go on a music blog that promotes their kind of music and then you promote them there, you know, so. So you have to go right to the source because. You I have was... more traditional sources. Yeah, like, like you have BBC introducing, you have all kinds of blogs, you have, you know, like a lot of diverse and more traditional media that that is doing the promoting instead of just Facebook, which is like where we used to serve. So do you think in this case, because that's exactly what I was thinking of, you know, um, surely it'd be an advantage to have a music app, right? So something that Apple Music is doing has events like MTV would have back in 2000s yeah. right on their platform, which I presume is how a lot of musicians would promote themselves right now is, you know, going to Apple Music or Spotify Music and going to those live events and, you know, doing the interviews there right yeah. on source instead of, you know, doing them on Facebook. And do you think we should do that for, you know, everything in terms of, um, you know, doing meetups and events that way, you know, going to, for example, I don't know, a climbing event to, you know, do something that looks at climbing. The reason I ask 
is because I've looked into a bit of research and human beings need a certain intimacy, right? That comes from valuing, completing or doing a certain type of project. Yeah. So, and an immediate example that I would be able to tell you is, uh, wouldn't you agree that you and I wouldn't be able to uh, chat for a very long time if we weren't doing the podcast because we have such different lives going on because, you know, you're super busy and, um, but the podcast actually connects us in that way and allows us to communicate and, you know, bond um, and actually, you know, understand and grow as individuals in this context. Yeah. Because if you were to just be doing it in social media, right, where you don't really have any hobby, uh, sorry, not hobbies, but um, goals or like not necessarily any societies that you go to. Yeah. It doesn't actually work that way. Uh, which is why I'm quite curious on the development you... of the current networking apps as well as obviously dating because they don't consider that aspect. Yeah. Um, but are you sense. saying that that we d- wouldn't talk as much if we wouldn't be doing the podcast or that we couldn't do the podcast if if we wouldn't, for example, like go to the same university? It's, it's the first. Okay. But yeah, because because but I think that's more of like a time management question because I I don't distribute this much time to to you know like to friendships as much as I do for for work when the two work together that's really good you know <laughs> but yeah yeah exactly synergy but what I mean is that obviously so we've we've come to this point but. Um, then there's the question of locality, right? It wouldn't be the most ideal thing for you to constantly come all the way from Harrow just to hang out with me, for example, you know, just as friends. Yeah. Like that's not as feasible for you as actually synergizing it with the podcast. Like even though you do Yeah, but enjoy... this way it is because this is the most convenient way that we can do it because we have the space and the, you know, like the facilities and everything. Right. So... <laughs> It's quite funny because um, usually, you know, Nokia would say it's connecting people. But in fact, it's actually, you know, hobbies and projects connecting people. Yeah. So you're saying that it's not technology that connects people, but actually the shared interests or other things. Okay. So is that the main point that you were talking about? I think, I think yes. Um, you know, perhaps we should pay more attention and try to strive to improve that set of things which is why i kind of like that idea of you know that the app called the meetup yeah even though i think it does executes the idea absolutely poorly because you need to have a sort of sense of community a sort of sense of familiarity that okay. because otherwise you know if a person is just coming sooner randomly that person is going to feel very anxious no matter how confident you know they are yeah but you know so i think with apps like i'm not really a fan of apps that that are you know like pointed towards a certain niche of audience or that go like oh this app is for musicians or this app is for artists or you know like 
because I think the apps that are successful are just the ones that are really simple to use and that build on basic instinct and, you know, like basic psychological needs. Other apps just won't really be as successful. But it's the same with popular music, you know, like what what is the easiest to listen to and what reminds you of other things and what talks about about issues that that makes you feel emotion will be the most popular songs you know so so it's just like the simplicity and and ease of understanding and and these sort of niche apps i'm not really a big fan of because i think people who make apps sort of have this idea as well like the more the bigger audience you can attract the more money you're gonna make so the best developers will go to the apps that are making a lot of money, which are like the general basic instinct based apps. And these small niche apps just won't be as good. I don't know. And they're just annoying. They're just bothersome. You have to download, doesn't work. It, it collects your data. I don't know. Like I, I don't like to use apps in general. I, I try to use as less things. Least That's a very incredible insight. Um, I, I really do share it. I don't think I would immediately think about it, you know, in terms of scale. Um, I only would think about it when it, you know, when it came to be economical, you know, looking at economies of scale and so forth, because as you said, it's obviously easier to design an app for a wide audience rather than for a niche audience. And it's also more profitable. So I, th I think that is uh, really the case that but do you think there's also an opportunity that actually nobody has really tested it? Because obviously we know that the world is full of paradoxes, but what if there's a case that actually making more niche apps is more profitable? The reason I ask is because, um, yeah. the reason I ask is because uh, what we've seen is a growth in the amount of social media apps, which are very niche, which we don't know. An example to highlight would actually be very interesting. So um, in, the, in my building where I live, right, the management company decided to make an app called The Power Club. A great thing about this app is that it allows, if you have a look, yeah. um, it has all the features uh, of the social media where you can connect with people who also live in the same building. Yeah. And additionally, you have access to concierge, you have access to gym, mm -hmm. to book all sorts of slots. And which essentially makes it a social media network, technically speaking, even though it has other features when it comes to servicing and management of the building, um, in a sense. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you can create an internal market there to, for example, if you have a spare chair that you don't want, you can post it and somebody will yeah. come I by for you. I think this is fantastic, you know. Like, honestly, I just think this is really great. And yes, because I'm, I am a fan of, you know, like, like community and locality in general, like, like, I really like this idea. And I think it's, in a way, it's more useful than to have Facebook if this is the context that you were coming from. Yeah, it's more useful to have this than to have a general app that you can connect to all sorts of strangers with, you know. Right. So and you'd feel more at home chatting to Bob, right? Uh on this app, on this local app, rather than Bob on Facebook. Because yeah. you feel like, you know, there's Bob, even though you're not chatting through a phone number, like you didn't exchange any details. Yeah. 
you know, uh, this Bob from three flat three ten. Yeah. You know, he's gonna be um, he's gonna feel more at home because you you are part of one community, and that you know that feels like a group, like maybe you know, a bit of a tribal instinct, but it you know really pushes people together. Um, which again, I think is the fact of, you know, shared interest because you, you know, you're both interested in improving the building experience, you know, or becoming a community being happier. Yeah. Because you're just part of the same group. Yeah. No, I, I really like this app that you have, you know, it's, but it it also serves, it builds on basic instinct, isn't it? Because it builds on the need for community and belonging. Right. So. You know, and so the, the other thing I wanted to say about niche apps, right, is that that I think that, you know, if you see an app that's targeted to have, for example, like photographers or or I don't know, like music producers or whatever, then the people who come up with these ideas are not, you know, necessarily app developers, but people who come from the niche and they go like, I wish I'd have an app for that, you know, but they're not really good at developing apps or marketing stuff or you know, so for that reason, that's like another reason that these niche apps won't be like high quality to an extent as like a, a big app that's yeah. just a made for the sake of being an app, you know. That's quite interesting. Um, the reason why you actually said that, um, well, the reason why I want to show you is I can't, can I at the moment? Maybe I can. So there's an app called chess.com. Yeah. Which is essentially, obviously it's a game, right? It provides an opportunity to play chess. It provides an opportunity to be taught chess. Obviously, there's a package for free and there's a package uh, that you can purchase, um, which will provide you with the content. But what it also has is a social media-esque opportunity to go out and play other players, you know, yeah. friends of the players and so forth. Um, and... I think, as, as you mentioned, that, you know, people who play chess, obviously, are not app developers. So it wouldn't be the first thing. But, you know, as you just mentioned, uh, you know, John, the chess player somewhere, thought, oh, well, it'd be great if there's an app which people can use to play chess and connect with each other. Because I think, you know, if, you know, uh, John and David uh, were playing chess in this app and, you know, they said, you know, actually, I really like how that guy plays chess chess you know maybe i should uh facetime maybe grab a you know a cup of coffee if he's if he lives locally uh which would and that friendship would be more fruitful and meaningful to both of them rather than meeting someone on a networking app uh which i think is probably a failure of linkedin because it's not really an app that adds that much of a value except between HR people. You know what, like LinkedIn, I think is one of the most ridiculous things I've ever experienced. Like we had to use that app for one of our classes, which was essentially like this class about how you how you get around in the industry. And they made us, you know, make our accounts and connect to people and professionals and stuff. I have never gotten so much spam as I am now getting on LinkedIn, like no, never in my life on any app have so many random people uh, 
connected with me and battered me with like like random messages of saying hi and then and then oh it's nice to reach out nice to connect and it, it just seems so so meaningless and like why why are you even writing to me I mean we don't know each other right it's just the the strangest thing you know right so it doesn't that like also extend to many dating apps it's like in essence like why would I want to connect with a you know with a person uh even though we might have a shared goal of you know um a sort of romantic you know yeah. interest but in essence like why would i want to do that i don't really know that person yeah, and it's and like i don't really have anything to bond with them yeah and in you the know first... what like like the, the commit rate with with me on dating apps like i feel like a lot of times it's it's this issue like like i go on and and to me to a certain point everyone is the same because because they're just people i don't know and there is such a big you know fall rate of of you know you think this people these people will be this and that but they're actually not because you can't really tell from from the app only if you invest a lot of time and your investment doesn't come with this big return you know because most of the time it comes with with little to no return because they you just find out that these are not people that are actually interesting to you because how could you it's it's not about the people who are on there it's just like it's just like you don't see them in person and you can't judge you know so it's it's actually like like you have to invest a lot and and there's no certain outcome you know and i think it's it's really disgusting how these apps can charge people for the hope of a better outcome like or even to charge them for the hope of you know like like not being alone and finding companionship and yeah love it's and actually taking advantage of it's people yeah so it's taking this basic instinct thing of even a step further i think yeah trying trying to kind of sell them love and californication yeah um in that sort of aspect and i think that's that's why i think those apps in fact don't actually add that much value Unless you spend a bazillion amount of hours and minutes, you know, on the app searching and using it. Yeah. And actually paying for its services to uh, get something done. I think it's very, I think it's highly inefficient. I think if you did want to find someone, uh, you would be far more successful to you know going and joining a club for example you know if you were to go uh, join a a tennis team right yeah but only, only dorks join clubs <laughs> no that's, <laughs> that's not that's not true at all okay no. well yeah, i mean I'm you know um bad joke for me. you you can't believe that you know you are uh, superior to those people who play tennis i'm kidding you know, I don't I don't believe that. I'm teasing I'm you. I'm teasing you. I'm not superior to. I'm not saying that I'm not or I'm not saying that I'm not. Yeah, so you could be potentially only only when uh you're playing with video games. Anyway, um yeah, it's a it's a rather interesting topic and I think it it kind of once you start thinking about all those things that do exist there, you know, that are really local, that, you know, I have team, yeah. team spirit and sports, you know, that really like, encourage you to... Yeah, yeah, but, you know, like, 
dating apps are are local as well. Right, but when you actually look at it, it's like pretty much everybody feels and looks the same. It's like you can't really connect over one thing. You can't really stand yeah. behind one thing. For example, if you uh if you were to uh, go um which is why i think you know a lot of um activities for young people um a great uh sorry i meant to say young single people uh such as those you know where you do i think speed dating i think that's quite an interesting concept i think blind dating is quite interesting in itself it's like instead of you know picking it's like you know you get picked and then you kind of see what happens and then, you know, you try to find out in, in the presence of other, obviously you might, you might be sitting there thinking, Look, but bit the disappointed. Thing is, it's the like, thing well, about dating is like, like, I think when you see a person who, who you actually really like, then you just know. And, and today dating has become so common and, and, you know, like, having intimate relationships with people is so common that that I think it just might turn out that people have it with other people who they're not extremely attracted to or they don't really like but they sort of like and they just feel like they want to do this now so they do it and you know but and so th this this aspect of knowing it's sort of less common because when you start dating you just see all these people around you being in relationships and having sex and whatever. And then you go like, oh, that's what I'm supposed to be doing, right? So we just do or, it. Or is that a simple illusion of what's happening when in fact it's not actually as common as you might think? I don't know. Because we all like to dream and, you know, we do notice particular things. There's, there's a very interesting experiment that's been done. When you see... A red car for example you start seeing more of the other red cars but if you don't notice a red car you wouldn't necessarily notice other red cars it's the same concept so you notice something that you look for so if you're looking for couples <laughs> you will notice more couples okay. than single people that's essentially that kind of concept and that you know would say for example if you're looking to see how many couples are there you know you wouldn't necessarily see the couple uh, the couples proportion to single people you just see couples and you know, couples after couples, and that will kind of reinforce the idea that there are more couples, and then you see more and more couples. You know, when in fact, actually, it's not exactly that true. Um, because I was thinking that day, you know, there's a very cliche thing where couples tend to do activities with other couples and so forth because, you know, they have this particular harmony, and um, rather than, you know, doing it with a friend where they third we third wheel yeah which, which is obviously fine you know in some instances couples do uh have another fr friend who they third wheel with and that works for them but a lot of the times you know there are those like couple activities that a lot of people feel like they should be with other couples and for example if it's like i don't know a wine tasting or something you know it the vibes are completely different you yeah know? okay so uh, i'm not think, i'm not speaking think, yeah okay go on i'm trying to speak you know as general as possible right there are obviously a lot of situations we can say special cases but um that is a very cliche thing you know um in a lot of movies you know uh, that 
you can go and see there is, you know, this constant example that, you know, you have a couple, then you have a single guy and it's like, and it doesn't really work. You know, the single guy gets like really jealous because, you know, he can't hang out with his best friend guy, but then, you know, the girlfriend of this best friend guy is like, well, we need to hang out with other couples and, you know, that kind of creates yeah. like quite interesting tension. Um, the reason I say this, I, I kind of see that, right? So my my best friend, so it doesn't happen with us, which is very fortunate to me, but I can see with like other people, right? Other couples, it's like there is a sense of that. If, if you don't have a, I'd say, platonic connection with that person, that would be more of a case where, you know, you'd want to hang out as couples because, again, you have like the same goal that, you know, it's like a couple thing that you're doing and... Um, it would feel to to them, right? Not necessarily to you, but to them, it might feel like, or they might think that it might feel like that. It would be weird um, in that sort of way. Yeah. Do, do, do you not relate at all to this? I mean, I've, I've never found this to be a problem. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I've been in relationships and we've hung out with our friends. And yeah, well, well, I guess you hang out with... Uh, way too many singles at the moment <laughs> no like like so okay like i've i've been like in two like long-term relationships so far and um but in both cases we spent time alone and we spent time with the guy's friends in like this big circle of friends or like you know and then i they just took me along to places and i was, was totally fine with it like you know and we did both. Like, there was n never a problem. I did, did you ever <laughs> hang out with, like, other couples? Was that a thing? No. Actually, no? I think I've never been in that situation where we found the other couple that we had that sort of chemistry mm. with. I guess I guess that's, uh, that's a very great and fortunate thing. You know, means that, you know, you had more of a healthy sort of, like, couple structure. But what I tend to see is a lot of the times, especially with... Um, very immature girls, mm -hmm. they, if they're not in a couple, right, then another couple might actually prefer not to hang out as a couple with that person because since that, since that, you know, girl is not part of a couple, mm -hmm. of her own couple, she would, you know, she would act weirdly or, you know, would feel weird because all of the girls, you know, look at, you know, her friend, and it's like, why does she have a boyfriend and I don't have a boyfriend? Yeah. You know, and it creates this, like, weird vibe and other couple, like, feels it yeah, yeah. and so forth. So I think, I see a lot of it, you know, have a lot of conversations, like, you know, the, the girls' community and, uh, you know, what's it like, the same situation in the guys' community. I think it's, you know, more of a question where if the person is, how they you know, how healthy they feel towards a particular subject. And I think a lot of the times it just happens to be that more girls are a little bit more jealous, you know, of the other girl counterparts. And, you know, again, sort of like, with, uh, you know, in society we talk a lot about, you know, um, toxic masculinity. But I think, you know, here in relationships a lot, we have to also look at, you know, toxic um feminine you know not feminine but like toxic girl culture 
you know, mm-hmm. when they were with friendships. Because I hate looking at these friendships where, you know, they're kind of friends, but they're not kind of friends and, you know, they're ready to stop uh, each other uh, in the back. You know, like, I just come from such a such a traditional environment. Yeah. Like, my, my younger years, I just spent in places where this was not the case you know like i didn't mm. they didn't have this mean girls thing or when it it was present i didn't participate because yeah. i was too <laughs> i'm too original yeah too. You, you, just, you just took oh that's lame that's so 1999 i mean you know yeah, I, I could never sort of handle that sort of thing so yeah. i know what you mean i mean it does require certain personalities I would say to. And I mean, is it fun? Do you profit from it? No, to probably neither. not. So. But but some girls obviously they make it their mission to do certain things. It's like it, I think Instagram is a great source of looking at that because obviously girls post more than guys, and so I love looking at girls who like secretly kind of dislike each other, and you can really feel it. Like even in the photos, they're like, oh, it's like happy birthday, you angel. But it's like secretly they're like you know ready to stab them in the back at the yeah, first like opportunity this thing is just not present in my life like, <laughs> it just distances itself from it. it's not it's not really present in my life like i don't i don't have any i don't hang out with people who you know would want to stab me in the back i think or at least you hope well i i know they wouldn't benefit from doing that because i don't know I, i'm just i've been told i'm very authentic dude which I think, you know, I just say what, you know, what I think and I stand behind my values. Yeah. Uh, I vouch for that. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's like, you know, that that's the way it should be, you know, should be standing behind yourself. But uh, what I also think is, you know, the case that um, it's it's the way, it, it could be also a problem of girls' schools because, you know, a lot of the times you know girls go to girls schools where you know they have to sort of like survive in that environment and i guess just the way um girl society is structured you know the tools they have to fight i guess with other girls because you know they can't punch each other yeah so they have to um obviously attempt to use other tools and you know in this case like you know trying to stab each other in the back and you know i don't know i guess i guess embarrass themselves sorry i mean not themselves but other other people um yeah i you know i was just again as you mentioned you know mean girls issue but yeah it's 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 very it's very interesting you know there's so much source on that and it's just for especially for a guy it's such you know a sight of curiosity it's like watching you know blue planet um where david attenborough you know talks about i i I don't relate to either of these like i don't relate to finding these things weird but you're you're by far too busy (laughs) to occupy yourself with that such meaningless uh, projects. I, I, I do like looking at these kind of patterns. They, they fascinate me a lot. You know, and it's it's also it's very amusing and hilarious. Fascinating. They're sad. Well, they are sad, I agree. But because they're so sad, they're hilarious. It's like, why would you subject yourself to this life? It's like, you know, 
like as a girl, right? It's like you don't think, you know, of putting like a tick in this box, but you do, like, because when you're subject to this life, it's essentially like you take the option to subject yourself to this, you know, life. Like, there are girls that I've seen who've been stabbed in the back to kind of say, okay, you know, like, I'm going to chill out. Like, I'm kind of on the side sidelines over here. It's like I'm friends with, you know, a few girls and, but I'm keeping a certain distance. Like, I've seen that you know, happen, and, um, you know, from that, when girls are, you know, becoming more real, they do form, like, more real connections with other people, but that's the thing, like, the girls who, who tend to be more real, they tend to be in relationships, especially when they're quite immature and quite young, in that sense, yeah. um, and, you know, it's, it's just very fascinating, like, that environment that's, that's very creative, um by by those people because at the end of the day it's not like they're fighting over you know fighting over resource or anything that actually will be of value it's like they're just you know playing a game trying to you know i don't know fight each other trying to that that's something i can't like even say what they're trying to do because that's why it fascinates me so much like what they're is what is the, what is the purpose the attention of, of other people they're trying to i don't know this reminds me of of this thing I read, right? I actually read something this week. Well, exactly. It's very amusing, isn't it? It's like, it's so sad and depressing. No, it's actually amusing. No, no, no. So I've, I read this thing um, which said that, like, basically it was about, like, um, so basically the part that's interesting is, right, is, like, it said that in Russia, right, there's, there's more women than men. That's true, as well as yeah. majority of Eastern Europe. Yeah, and then they said, like, for this reason, women feel the need to compete more. So they go, like, they have to be really pretty and they have to be really this. Right. So they have to bitch about each other. And, yeah, so, yeah, so it's maybe maybe that. But honestly, I don't know. Like, it's it's just a, you know. Yeah. This, I'm surprised we don't have a uh, cage. I'm surprised we don't have uh, female cage fights as often as <laughs> in this context we should we should have like verbal female cage fights though because they debates both, right yeah you know uniform they fight physically but they roast each other you know yeah yeah those yeah sort of, those sort of cage fights they they is they is indeed yeah. quite um quite fascinating maybe we should create an app for that <laughs> that would be i guess that would be